Oh, bonjour, mes amis. And welcome. Uh, bienvenue to this newest episode of Star Trek Picard. Oh, 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 I am an evil um, French guy. Oh, yes. We were all just petit garçons when I took you this box lips. Oh, Jesus. Was, uh, was anybody else as turned on by Picard in that? He wait, really stimulated wait, wait, my man clip. Attends, attends, uh-huh. attends, écoute. Eh, oh, oh, engage! <laughs> We are here, fellas, my good friends. I'm Justin. Frank is there. Tom is here. I'm Frank. uh, To discuss uh, Star Trek Picard episode five. Cosmic Boogaloo. (laughs) No, it's called Stardust City Rag. Stardust City Rag, baby. This was an episode. (laughs) This was a... Okay. All right. All right. I'm just going to come and fucking out and say it. I loved this episode. It was amazing. It was the only episode so far that has worked. It was fun. It was goofy. It moved. We found some shit out. I loved this episode. I agree with a lot of that and disagree with some of it. Frank? I disagree with some of it, too. Um, We should say it was directed by our good friend Jonathan Yes, Frakes you can tell. And written by somebody named Kirsten Bayer. Okay. Uh, which... Uh, so it opens with the most insanely violent thing I've ever yes. seen on a, so, a Star Trek show, uh, especially. Yeah, yeah. It's it was disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so apparently, this character uh, it would be known to our Voyager watcher friend Tom. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's uh, what's his name again? I forget. I, I was uh, wondering. So that was a previous character. So this was like heavy shit for fans of. Yeah, this show, this episode managed to kill off two characters from previous franchises. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, so he was like a like a found Borg drone, kind of like Hugh. Uh, but Seven kind of de-droned him and sort of. You know, in the mirror image of herself when she first came on the show, taught him how to be human, and eventually he became just like a crew member. Kind of, kind of think in terms of character impor- importance. Kind of think like Ensign Rowe. Okay. For the yeah, yeah, yeah kind yeah, of like yeah. a found and recovered Although, person. Ensign Rowe, I, I'm, I don't know what the di- if there's a big difference. I know Ensign Rowe gets kind of unceremoniously uh, chucked uh, in like season six or seven, but. Um, yeah, so this fucking dude from Star Trek Voyager, I'm sure there are Star Trek Voyager fans out there who were very upset <laughs> watching this guy get fucking mutilated and tortured to death. His eyeball gets ripped out, yeah. and we see it. Yeah. Like, there's no cutting away. You see the eyeball come out of the socket, and they cut off the... Um, uh, tendons or whatever. No, no, no. I, I think it was like mecha- mechanical. Yeah, it was. But it was fake. There wasn't yeah. like the real optic nerve. You but know? it was still. This man yeah. is like screaming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I will. I, yeah. I will say the knowledge that it's a previous character like bumps this episode, gives some points to this episode for me because I, I th- thought it was intense, but I had no emotional connection. And the fucking uh, the fucking lady surgeon is making a sarcastic crack as she's doing it. I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. Hey man, uh, this is and then she's new in- fucking Star Trek where people fucking smoke and get snake bit <laughs> and uh, fucking say fuckity fuck 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 fuck. Uh, yeah. So, you know, get ready for the gore, baby. That's just the beginning. Yeah. And this, this female surgeon is immediately murdered we discover by seven of nine who goes to rescue this voyager character uh and then uh mercy kill him because he is obviously suffering um and then the episode transitions to uh gangster ladies bar oh, 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 real quick cloud. real quick small little detail uh so the name the place naming in the show has been kind of transparent and i couldn't help but notice that this planet was called uh Vergessen or Fergessen, which Justin might remember from Mr. Lane's German class, is German for forget. Uh, or forgotten. Uh, 
Oh. Now, uh, when we see this lady, I immediately thought, is that Deanna Troy? Oh, she looks a lot like uh, so much. Uh, Miriam She Citrus. looks a ton like Miriam Sirtis. Yeah, when you when it come, when she shows up, I was like, wait, that's fucking Marina Sirtis. Yeah. That's weird. I mean, but it's like not. so it's much so she all. obviously has no connection to Troy. Um, I mean, I'm assuming, but so much so that I think that's kind of almost bad casting because it's very confusing. It looks so much like her. But she's very good, I think, in this episode, that actress. Um, and we see her talk to a testicle monster. <laughs> <laughs> a uh, a lizardoid person, uh, yes, um, the, who does look like a giant testicle. Guys, uh, you should both go to the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that actress who plays the space gangster who looks like Marina Sirtis is Nekar Zedagan. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, like... What are there not allowed to be uh, two Middle Eastern or Semitic people in the Star Wars universe? I mean, is it Star Wars? Yeah. Did I? Uh, yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. Where's looks, my dunce cap? She looks like uh, uh, ridiculously like Marina Sirtis. To a to a really absurd degree, she looks a lot like Marina Sirtis. Um, but they find out that I guess what's his name. Bruce Maddox. Bruce Maddox uh, is in the joint. This is, oh, this is, uh, so the first scene was 13 years ago. This scene is two weeks ago. Uh, there's yes. a, a, a thing on the screen. Um, and she wants to just have him killed, but then she thinks, ah, I might be able to use him to my advantage. Yes, and he reveals to her that he and his lab, his lab has been destroyed and he is being hunted he believes by the Tal Shiar. Mm -hmm. And I, I did I did check it uh, because they got this curly-haired fella um, to play him and I had to go on IMDb and no, it's not the same actor who played him in Measure of a Man. Uh, no, yeah, you are correct. It is not the same actor. Which, um, I don't know. Oh, is, who, is that that guy... Um, yeah, Bruce Maddox oh, is I, the same guy. I didn't realize we've ever seen him before. The character. Yeah, no. Uh, we did, and he had uh, slicked back straight black hair instead mm -hmm. of a delightful, scruffy little fro of gray hair. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Looking very his Wayne character on His character on TNG is a huge fucking asshole, yeah. if you recall, in Measure of a Man. Yeah. He is a kind of slimy... Sort of Chris Catan. His actor looks like Chris Catan. Oh, wait, wait, wait. This is the guy who wanted to experiment on data? Who wanted to yeah, take right. and dissect data. Oh, fuck. Data. I had no idea. That, <laughs> that's him. That's this guy. Oh, there's so much information I wish I had gone into this episode or this season knowing. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, Bruce that's this guy, man. Okay. <laughs> In fact, now that you say that, Frank, it kind of... There's a little bit of a chasm between old Bruce Maddox and very lovable Bruce Maddox that we're seeing, kind of Judd Apatow Bruce Maddox. Yeah, so like this, so if you, if anyone recalls in the episode where this character debuts, it's like one of the classic episodes yeah. of Star Trek The Next Generation, Measure of a Man, where he comes to the Enterprise and says, I want to take Data, take him apart and study him so that I can make more. And they hold a trial where Picard defends data's right to be a sentient basically human being and he is awful in that episode he looks like such a piece of shit and in this he's kind of like a cuddly older guy yeah, yeah. who makes cookies from replicator ingredients Which we'll, we'll, we'll get to that um yeah but yeah it's 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 odd um but they they poison him to like imprison him um beat the shit out of him presumably yeah and so now we're on to we're in the chalet again we're at the chateau mm -hmm. uh yep and with seven I, of nine and picard i love that this has fully now become a standard set piece in the show yeah it is now cafe nervosa yes. this is where they hang out yeah uh and it's i think a really effective conversation between seven and picard uh we get a little bit of um I forget if this is before, after, or in the middle of the scene with Seven and Picard, but a little conversation between Dr. Pill and uh, uh, Space Ombre, mm -hmm. and uh, 
I should really learn people's <laughs> names. Uh, and <laughs> Rios. Rios. There we go. If I could roll my R's. Um, where basically they, they point out to each other, but also I suppose to us, that uh, sort of flushing out that Seven has been Strider, <laughs> a space ranger in the yeah. defunct neutral zone, <laughs> fighting for justice. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that they share a connection, Seven and Picard, of having been assimilated and de-assimilated. Although, I have to say, you know, we saw Hugh and we saw Seven, and they both had some, like, fucked up, like, Borg scar shit going on. Well, how come Picard mm-hmm. is, like, completely... Well, I, I think later on we, we... We'll get to it, but, like, we see that, like, Seven of Nine has a bunch of Borg parts in her because she was... Uh, uh, assimilated when she was She's young. a jeune fille. Um, Picard uh, rose up the ranks very quickly in the Borg army. He was He's a, a Borg for two man. weeks and uh, exploded. And became Borg Half King. the solar system. <laughs> yeah, and they, they do like a crazy surgery on him in that disappointing um, conclusion episode. Two best of both worlds. Are you talking yeah, about you family? Recall, they like give it up. No, no, no. Best of both worlds uh, part two. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. The, the we, yeah, we do see one. a little transient period where he's got some like flush-colored plates and bits on his face. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and importantly, yeah. he never had the eyepiece. He had that side right. laser pointer deal. Yeah. Uh, which I like. <laughs> um, so, which I'm now thinking about it. Like that was, was like this was back in the like 80s or no, early 90s, and they probably didn't have the technology to automate that with like an Arduino. So that was probably some like stagehand with a stick wiggling it around. That was no, <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, no, that was like a real uh, laser pointer, I think, because it gets pointed directly the, at the yeah. camera. Um, so I I enjoy I like this conversation, and I think this conversation between Seven and Picard kind of cures a lot of the ills that Justin. Uh, has been bitching about, <laughs> which is the the repeat of information. Uh, it yeah, I didn't feel that with this. There was some known yeah. sort of things, and there was a good sly, if predictable, but good sly thing where it's like, uh, uh, uh he's trying to convince her to help her, but she's got to go back and do her vigilante thing, and then she asks, "So wait, what do you need help with?" And he says, "I need help rescuing somebody," and then she starts thinking she's going to join the fellowship yeah yes uh which you know not to spoil the end of the episode but uh i have a feeling that she will at a later date yeah oh yeah yeah she has to rejoin the the team i i I, the fellowship of the ring (laughs) i don't i don't know where to put this in in the episode so i'm gonna throw it in now i the whole borgness of all of this is obviously essential to this story that's being told but I got such a hard feeling, and it would be a completely different thing. But I kind of wished Seven of Nine, uh, and it was a different kind of uh, at rescue scenario. I wish it was uh, Picard's um, criminal slash archaeologist girlfriend from Ooh, TNG. Baby. I got such the mm. vibes that 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 character in this like undercover scenario would have been awesome. But obviously, the boredness of it was also necessary. Also, that and also, no one remembers that character. But yeah, also, like, uh, I I had to look it up because she is, you know, stunning on that show, and I had to check. And uh, not everyone can age like Jerry Ryan. (laughs) Correct. Correct. It's a shame. But then again, like these are middle-aged people in the '80s, so you know they're not all going to hold up so well. Yeah. Um. So. What's next? Uh, now, oh, I think we're 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 getting to, right into it. We're to the planet, and we enter into uh, Wreck It Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> yes, these hologram advertisements <laughs> that are personalized to whoever they're uh, being targeted to, which I like. Yes, uh, we have like a boxer one attacking Allison Pill, and she's like, "I don't know what to do." It's, you got to punch his head off. I thought this scene. And as much as a lot of this episode was like really fucking stupid <laughs> and and some of it like this, not in the Star Trek kind of stupid, yeah. but I found it really dumb and I liked it. <laughs> 
I'm very yeah. conflicted about this episode. I, I I agree that it was dumb, but it was pure fun. It was pure fun, and yeah. I, I liked the concept itself. I'll say this. This was the full dumb episode I've been looking for, mm. but it didn't feel like Star Trek dumb. But once again, I wasn't yes. necessarily angry. I don't know, man. You some need to it, go back and watch some TNG. Some <laughs> of it did, but like this, this is like so much a um um what's his name uh uh Fifth Element kind of uh uh Luke Basson Luke Basson kind of like uh future uh type there, stuff there was an establishing shot down on the planet which was rife with easter eggs like Quark had a haircutting place or no not Quark there was a Quark the bar is Quark's bar <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, but it was super. Somebody get Armin Shimmerman in here, man. It was super uh, Blade Runner. Uh, yes, yes, very Blade Runner. I mean, even the dancing uh, holographic girl. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. I, I so so I think this episode is in large part very goofy, um, and in large part very silly and fun. But I did experience some tonal whiplash. Yes, because. You're goofy, everybody has to dress up and do a silly voice and pretend to be criminals episode opens with this guy being yeah. fucking butcher. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, if you two would just stop being such wimps, it would wouldn't be <laughs> Yeah. Well, and there's a huge tonal shift that we'll save for the end. Um The very end. But we've got um we've got the the dress up scene where it's revealed that Jean-Luc Picard is a uh, um, S&M pirate. <laughs> with, oh, 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 he has an evil French guy. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it. So he grows up in France, is French, has a British accent. French is a dead language, but somehow there are still weird S&M French pirates who speak broken English with, frankly, really terrible Im impressions of a french accent Awful. like it's like has patrick stewart never been to france or met a french person you know i think i think what patrick stewart said was like oh so you're dressing me up in this costume and i have to pretend to be this uh villainous frenchman okay the voice i'm going to do is just going to be dog shit and i'm just going to chew the scenery I, I, when he flipped the eye badge down and started talking, I laughed out loud, <laughs> which, <laughs> it's very which I haven't felt that and... feeling in years, laughing derisively at Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> and they put, they, they make a, a broody uh, Captain Man dress up like a 1970s Yeah, pimp. he's straight up a pimp. Um, we've got, uh, we're continuing to get this. We're getting a, a weird, uh... Uh, tonal um, characterizations with Legolas, which yeah, space Legolas. his deal now, I guess, which I'm I'm cool with and I, I like. It gives him something. Is that he's um, he's um um Drax uh, from Guardians. Yes, he's he yes. doesn't understand things, and he you know what I mean. Well, that's so like if you remember in the last episode, like one of the tenors of his cultural uh, raising is that he has to speak with absolute candor. So he has an inability to be deceptive. Yeah. I think is the idea. Yeah, but he feel. But you're right. Then it translates to Drax. Like he's Drax from Guardians mm. of the Galaxy, which kind of codes him as being almost like autistic. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he feels left out. It's, it's, it's cute and yeah. it's, it's fun. It's, I think this whole thing yeah. is, is fun. Um, yeah, and, and I like that they're keeping this character this way because I think it's the smart thing to do because I don't know how good of an actor this yeah. guy is, but he's very effective at doing little silly bits like this yeah. um, and just being kind of uh, secret badass when possible and like not having to talk mm -hmm. while doing so. Mm -hmm. And and Allison Pill's job is to stay on the ship and work the transporter, which she's very incredibly nervous, nervous about. about. There's there's something with Allison Pill's character, uh, Doctor Pill, uh, that uh, is kind of it's something that's happened in Star Trek before, but usually in the goofiest of goofball scenarios, uh, like uh, the one with whales and <laughs> anyone where they encounter a primitive civilization or time travel, which is this weird thing where yeah she's a citizen of the 24th century, but at the same time is kind of completely uninitiated in 
any of this technology yeah. that is so mm-hmm. just humdrum and commonplace. Uh, you know, she's just like, I'm going to have to work the transporter radical. Like, like, yes, I've never correct. been on a spaceship before. Whoa, gee willikers. Uh, which is weird because like she's like the head of this really advanced thing at this like really prestigious like you would expect her to be more worldly being the head of a department at the Daystrom Institute which in my mind I equate to sort of like the MIT of Earth you know I I kind of like that though because we we do have some precedent in TNG we have the doctor from season two uh, Polanski who hated uh, transporters we have uh, um, what's his name Uh, Reg man uh, Reginald Barclay um the I li- I actually like that characterization of uh she is such a uber nerd in one very specific uh type of science that she has no clue uh about you know what I mean I just had a brainwave uh oh god uh first editing thing of the episode who is the late season addition to House Cheryl Asian she was in paper. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know her Frank, name. Can you bail me out? Because I can't just say the short Asian chick. That would be bad. Uh, I never watched House, so I don't um, know. You know her though. Fuck. Uh, she was in a a thing with Michael Sarah. Yeah. Oh. Uh, she was in Twin Peaks: The Return for that one really amazing yes. scene. Charlene Yee. Char- yes. Sh- Cheryl or Charlene? Charlene. Uh, so I think Charlene uh, Yee would have also been equally effective casting for yeah. this character. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of, yeah, sort of the hyper-focused, obviously very capable, if a bit sheltered. Yeah. And 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 precocious in an annoying way. <laughs> but then we... I, I, I really like her character, but we'll... I, I'll say this, that she, it's a very strange tonal shift, because, okay, we won't talk about it, but we'll say this. She knows what's going to happen. She knows what she's going to be doing later on. And yet we have we have we have the scene where she's watching the video of her and uh what's his name? Bruce Maddox. Bruce Maddox. And I thought that it was a very effective scene. Uh and I thought it was very uh, cute and then I also then realized oh Maddox is like the 50-year-old professor and she's at most, she's, like thirty. She's like thirty-six. She's older than you think. Yeah, but I still was like, "Oh, ew, that's a gross relationship." But I, I, I liked that. But then she knows what she has to do at the end of the episode, and yet she's still playing the comic relief. You know what I mean? Well, she's freaking. No, she's freaking out at that transporter scene, and you're like, "Why is she freaking out so much?" In fact, and she, the yeah the the hologram says to her like what is the nature of your psychiatric uh distress and you think it's because of the transporter but i posit it's because of what she does at the end of the episode i 100 percent agree with that but we do also have like some comic reliefy scenes in the beginning of i don't know it's i just find it weird that they've just in like the past episode or the past two gave her this characterization of being I, I don't know. It felt it felt weird to me. It's something I've like, always thought she's incredibly duplicitous, and I've always oh, thought she was compromised. Oh, one hundred percent. But like, <sighs> by the way, Nostradamus point, uh, trois. <laughs> yeah, no, you you got it. But but why? I don't know. I just found, I found find her character odd. Yeah, her characterization. I mean, me too. So let's let's get down to the cantina bar. Uh, let's, yes. let's get down to, um, when, Rios. When, yeah, yeah. When's Rafi's thing seen? Uh, well, that's the thing. In the middle of this. Uh, uh, Rafi, uh, doesn't join them on the party, hence why Allison Pill needs to work to transport her, because she's got to go off and do her own thing. We don't know what it is. We get a sweet moment, uh, where, uh, Picard wishes her the best in her pursuit, and you, we can actually feel mm-hmm. the affection between them. I, I really like that. Uh, and I, in fact, I loved her acting for all, all of her stilted acting in the previous episodes. Uh, this is more her wheelhouse, I can tell. I have the thought that oh, this this proves my theory that it was bad writing in the previous episodes. This scene made me realize she's a bad actor. 
I, yeah, she's not great. I was having a couple beers while watching this. Could that have affected my... <laughs> do I just like want to love this episode? There was a point in this episode where I literally clapped and stood up and hooted. it. <laughs> Are we getting to it? Uh, I feel like it's pretty soon. Uh, so, so, so we go down. Rios has to get past the testicle man, uh, who apparently has 70,000 olfactory sensors and can smell a lie. I, I like this. That was, th- yeah, I, I thought like you that. would like it. I was sitting there watching this episode going, I'd like to hear Justin complain about this one. <laughs> I, I, I like that one too, because they, they inject him with a cocktail of like benzos and shit that'll like go off at just the right time. Yeah. And you can see on the actor's face him, like, the moment that they hit. He comes his pants, you, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he uh, he effectively... Uh, well, he, he, he says uh, it's a misdirected truth. It's not a direct lie that he says. He just... He, he, the context... Um, I forget the question that the testicle man asks. Uh, but he doesn't say anything that's a lie. He says something that's technically true. Uh, but... Uh, is not obviously the spirit of the situation, and that would be a much better point if I remembered specifically what it was. <laughs> but uh, uh, a lot uh, of that stuff, I was like, I wasn't fully following. I was like, I don't need to. <laughs> That's just like plot mechanic stuff. So right. it's it's fine. <laughs> and then Monsieur Picard, yeah. Salopard, avec ses jeunes filles, uh, his his Borg. Uh, you know, organ harvesting thing a la China uh, <laughs> is presented to uh, the lady. <laughs> and uh, the Marina, the Marina Sirtis lady. So, so, okay, let's lay out because I was not entirely, I may have been looking at my phone. What exactly <laughs> was their plan? Their plan was to go down, get an audience with her by using Seven of Nine as uh, the thing, trade Seven of Nine for Maddox and then transport them all out because they they opened up a transportation thing. Yeah, there's a small plot and physical device, which is a pattern enhancer, which is a pretty established Star Trek trope where lots of places you're either not allowed or not able to transport in and out of uh, for whatever reason. And they always get around this by just having pattern enhancers, scare quotes, which just allow you a brief window to get in and out. So there was like a little doodad, a little chip or whatever uh, that was this. That becomes like a plot thing later when seven returns to the planet's surface uh so their yeah their idea was to use uh seven unbeknownst to picard and the rest of the fellowship uh there's a relationship between uh miriam citrus and uh seven uh because of this opening scene (laughs) yes old was miriam citrus uh 14 years ago in the beginning she must have been like 12 No, no, she's like a forty-year-old lady, dude. Is she? Also, she looks good. Yeah. yeah, that's another thing. Can we just talk about what a fucking feast this lady is? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So this is how I know that uh, this episode was directed by our friend Jonathan Frakes. Uh, I don't need your fantasy women. They, uh, <laughs> they put this lady in uh, quite the body. Scene. Yes. Uh, and I think Mr. Frakes was very happy to do yeah. so. I I will say we um didn't talk about like the planet that much but it is i did appreciate it, it was very much a luke Besson. um it felt it felt star trekky and also not of unlike the fucking bullshit space casino in uh last jedi oh that's i fully and the space casino uh sucked that's a shit part of last jedi that's what this fully like felt part. like i like that part of last jedi i don't but I also say that that You're, didn't feel Star Warsy. That kind of felt Star Trekky to me. Yeah, um, because we we do have a little bit, especially with original series, precedent for sort of like seedier, less buttoned down Star Trek environments. And then we get a little bit of that in TNG, like uh, uh, the one uh, where Picard goes back to his youth, and we see him on a and, and just at various yeah. points, we see sort of Star Trek people in sort of outside the in the barbarian star trek space outside the uh, uh currency-less poverty-less uh boring utop- utopia utopia of uh the federation thank you uh yeah so yeah i agree it was definitely weird but it still felt like uh star trek yeah um so moving along it be uh so uh Miriam Citrus recognizes uh, Seven, except she doesn't call her Seven. She calls her Angela something weird like that. Something. It was Annika, some weird name. Annika, was like, her, huh? her human name. Annika. 
Uh, and, uh, I, I had a shit ton of shit, questions. Yeah. So Tom, Tom is more of the Voyager watcher yeah. than the rest of so us. So I, I had I had uh, no idea what was going on. I like understood that she was harvested Q2s uh, <laughs> uh, in years ago, but then I was like, did they know each other as children before? No, no. I, I think maybe she told, or, or that might be a known thing. I think what it is um, is that uh, I think what anyway the thing I've taken away from it is that we're led to believe that after Voyager wraps uh, that Seven takes her human name upon returning to the uh, uh, Alpha Quadrant. In fact, because well, she was human. That's fucked up of uh, Picard to call her Seven. <laughs> well, I think she's she's known as the Ranger. Uh, as seven, or I, or, or as Rio says, is it's like ninety nine? Yeah, or, that was dumb. <laughs> I enjoyed that. <laughs> I mean, I did too, but it was dumb. That's what I'm saying about this episode. Yeah. It was very dumb, but I fucking loved it. Uh, that that conversation between Rios and Rafi was terribly written. By the way, yeah. that was awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, sometimes I too forget <laughs> that Picard was part of the board collective and have to remind myself to do so. It's <laughs> like fuck man just you could just not expose that information everybody knows it and the people who are watching the show for the first time can probably just google it i don't know imagine what a like us like a gut punch the conversation between uh picard and seven would have been at the end where she's just like mm -hmm. like do you ever fully feel human and he's like no imagine what a gut punch that would have been without the expositional framework set up earlier in the mm. episode because you know what but that i still think that line kills oh yeah for oh, yeah. sure we'll get there we'll, we'll get, get there. there i think that whole conversation fucking kills so we got to get we got to we got to move on so when, when do they switch yeah. to rafi well uh, right around here yeah well let's let's get to the end of uh, okay what happens then we'll jump to the rafi i'm not sure how they did it in the episode but we've been fucking rimming this scene so, for a while so seven of nine grabs uh um marina um <laughs> by the throat and mm. blows their cover but it doesn't matter because nope they just grab their guns and shit yeah and i thought well uh, uh, why didn't they just do that elron i mean elnor i mean legolas i mean legolas space legolas <laughs> just uh, grabs their guns and um and and we uh, we have picard picarding and trying to talk seven and nine down uh, yes. that was really great and just this is stupid but a side thing can we just talk about what a babe the lady is in mm. her bodysuit and then just, she has a crack squad of babe bodyguards yeah <laughs> like, yes she does yeah. it's very Austin Powers <laughs> yeah. it's uh I fucking, Frank if this was like a <laughs> band <laughs> I would watch this band like uh, space lady and her bodyguard band uh, playing at the end <laughs> this... of an episode of Twin Peaks: The yeah, Return. Yeah, and then Testicle Man yeah. is on the drums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, the, speaking of Twin Peaks: The Return, those space lady bodyguards look like candy. And yes, yes. Uh, yeah. The the dancer uh, waitress ladies for the gangsters. Yeah. Well, now they wanted Jim Belushi to play the baddie. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, Oh man, I gotta rewatch Twin Peaks the Return. So they they escape. They do the pattern buffer thing. Uh, Legolas grabs the guns. Uh, Zoot suit Rios comes over, and they get out of there, and they're back on the ship. Uh, but then Indeed. we get this, I think, great scene with Rafi, and we find out what she was actually after on Free Cloud. And I think it was a poorly acted scene on her part, and also his uh, part. What are what are her her motivations are confusing mm. so she goes there to find her son which I liked who has uh, she's been distant from because she was one a drug addict which I, I thought I liked how they handled this when when they're getting the targeted ads she gets a, ta uh, a, a snake bite ad and she swipes it away um, and so uh, she was a terrible mom. She was a drug addict and also obsessed with the Romulan conspiracy. And also just away. You know what I mean? Just away doing the the Exodus, away being in Starfleet, mm -hmm. uh, which I think we forget sometimes. Uh, Enterprise or um, uh, 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 TNG was unique in allowing the crew to have their families aboard, where I don't think that's normally the case. And I think they stopped that shit pretty quickly after like the seventh time the Enterprise was nearly blown up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, 
Yeah, just like just you know, hard working work mom. <laughs> yeah, and I I liked the son's uh, performance. Uh, his um, most pregnant uh, woman ever, <laughs> Romulan. Romulan wife. The Romulan woman. In. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I appreciate the scene for what it did, what it was doing, but I also think she was not great. I also enjoyed. She wasn't the good. Little bit of misdirection where the establishing shot was that it was like a fertility clinic. Yeah. And it was just like, oh shit, is Rafi trying to have a late in life baby? But then I thought so too. I was like, "Huh?" She she here to adopt a little little baby boy, little baby girl? Yeah. No, it's oh, she adopts a little baby Justin. By the way, we should say happy belated birthday <laughs> to our baby Christ. boy Justin Totora. Jesus Christ, Totora. Thank you. He <laughs> 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 said his name wrong. <laughs> to, um... Cut all this out. <laughs> <laughs> Did he celebrate his birthday watching the show? No, I didn't. Happy I, birthday, I, I Justin Tutor. I, I spent my birthday binging uh, The Staircase, <laughs> that 13-part oh, yeah, yeah, true yeah. crime documentary. <laughs> oh, he totally did it. Oh, yeah. We'll not talk about it, but... Every, We're not going to talk about it. The documentary he, he was fully it. on his side, and I was, but I was, the whole time I was like, but look at his face. He fucking did it. He totally did it, yeah. I yeah. think it's a... Um, it's a um, a poor documentary for not giving all the facts but very fun to watch very fun to watch. Anyway. anyway speaking of <laughs> the space show um well i'm gonna skip to the end for rafi we'll get rid of rafi right now at the end of the episode they say like uh we want to talk about the stowaway and they play for laughs almost that Picard's like, hey, hey Rafi, I like I, I knew you'd be back. It's good that you're back. And she says, I go away. I don't want to talk. And it played it almost on Picard's part very light. I was like, oh, you're a bad fucking friend, Picard, because she just came here to reconnect with her son who completely rejected her. But also, I don't f fully her. There are so many hats on her <laughs> motivation that. Picard came to her and said, hey, I've proved your theory. Your theory is true. The Romulans are uh, uh, infiltrating Starfleet. Um, and I'm here for your help. This thing that she was obsessed with and destroyed her family. But she's only going with him to reconnect with the son. Um, the son who is distant from her because this crazy theory, which she knows now is this true. crazy theory that like yeah, like made her obsessed, led her to drug addiction, the whole thing. Yeah, and and now her son rejected her, and now she's just like sheepishly rejoining. It's, you know what I mean? It's there's almost I I like all of it, but I don't fully get her motivation. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, we'll see where it's going. We we have like six or seven more episodes yeah, to go, yeah. uh, and that's kind of been my whole thing. Uh, one thing I really like about this episode, by the way, uh, is we get a break from Dodge 2.0 and yes. Gaius oh, Lannister. Yeah, 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 yeah. We needed that break, man. There's only there's only so many boners I can get, you know. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> yeah, I I agree with you, Justin. I also like what a great coincidence that uh, her son just happens to be on the same planet as the the guy they're looking for. Uh. Yes. Unless Free Cloud is like a way bigger deal than we think it is, which you I know, can, they didn't tell us if it is. But I, I can kind of see see that. It seems like uh the Coruscant of Yeah, yeah. Y yes, yeah. Cuz people knew about it instantly what it meant, so that kind of leads me to believe it's like Coruscant or the Cloud City or whatever. And I don't know if they're they're leaving fully the next episode, but I kind of wish we could explore this world some more i wish there was i wish they had to find maddox harder and this was a few episodes but but we'll, we'll we yeah that's on. something we can because i'm that's interesting um so yeah i agree but i also think that to have kind of a weepy moment of reconciliation between picard and rafi would have stopped it dead yeah. uh because mm. it was really galloping at that point um and I kind of, yeah, I mean, she, she worked really hard. She had her thing validated and, but like at the end of the day, it was still just like the fraught interpersonal relationship between a mother and a child. Yeah. 
and uh, what I I don't I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't leave immediately and Rafi had one more crack at it. Uh, but what can you say? You know what I mean? You're like here's this incredibly yeah. powerful space woman who's like a super sleuth and you know high-ranking officer in Starfleet, and then her son just says, "No, nah, I don't want you in my life." I mean, what can you do? <laughs> Yeah, no, what I thought was cool about that scene is that from minute one, he's kind of giving her the big fuck you and doesn't really change. Like, he doesn't change his mind at all. I thought that was a a good choice. And I thought it was like... Mostly because the... It was nicely written kind of like daggers when the wife comes out and uh, she's like, oh, of course you can stay. And he goes, nah, she's just visiting. Yeah, that was pretty good. That was a good line. I like that. You know how this scene would have been saved for me? If she came to him and said, I'm clean, I'm legitimately clean, I'm different now, I I want you back, and like he was kind of coming on board, and then she said, and I was so, f- mm. I was fucking right, the Romulans are, and I've got proof, mm. and then he's like, you haven't You're changed. too crazy for me, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Much better. Which is kind Much of a, a tragic yeah. thing, like, uh, the effectiveness of this scene aside, it's kind of a tragic trope of like... Here's this person who was right the whole time and has not been believed. And yeah. frankly, like, even Picard in their initial conversation was just like, I found evidence that yeah. isn't like your evidence. You are right, but also I don't believe you. I, I really hope, and I'm sure they will, uh, hopefully. I really hope Rafi, like, her character starts to pick up and get involved. I think she did a bit in this episode. A bit. The, it was like a team effort. So there are two main things that are really left in this episode. Um, the first was the moment that made me stand up, clap, and hoot, which is yeah. Seven grabs the Deus Machida chip from the desk that Rios mm-hmm. left it on because yep. plot reasons. Uh, and goes back down to the surface with a couple of phasers uh, that she... Uh, ganked off of uh, Picard after asking politely so she can use them for ranger things. Uh, she does. Mm-hmm. She, the ranger thing is she confronts uh, uh, Miriam Citrus and then blows her it fucking blows body up. apart. It, blows she, it was awesome. Fucking explodes. <laughs> and fucking it's great because like it was fucking amazing. I, like after seeing what on her orders those people did to that poor yeah. uh, Borg Starfleet guy you kind of want her to get hers. Oh yeah yeah yeah. And I I would have been disappointed if it just left it at like, no, there is no room for revenge in this <laughs> yeah. uh, universe seven of nine. I am still Jean-Luc Picard. <laughs> and they were like, oh, okay, like his values go there. But she gives a speech where she says, yeah, you know what? Fuck what he believes. I don't believe that there is any room for mercy left for you or in this galaxy. But I want him to still believe that because he's Picard. Yeah. But I'm still going to fucking kill <laughs> yeah. you. And she does. It was great. And then... And then some other people come in, and she's got a badass action shot of two uh, two guns walking. But it's so... <laughs> there's no kickback to the guns. No, no, she yeah. just dual So she's just wheels. holding she's just them, going... and there's like, zoom, zip, 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 zap. That's, that, that's, that's one thing. Uh, anyway, so, so, so uh, 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 right before blowing her the fuck up, like at the end of Death Wish 4, uh, <laughs> she says kind of like the bump of it is ultimately this is for my friend mm-hmm. this is yep. ultimately like we can talk about revenge we can talk about but I'm doing this for him which you know explains the reasons and that's one thing it's another thing of how Picard is kind of obsolete obsolete in this universe mm-hmm. uh, yeah. that you know we've seen with the disrespect and his loss of regard both from Starfleet and and the people in general but that even his idealism even his moral compass is regarded as obsolete in this dystopic Star Trek timeline uh and she even frankly kind of condescendingly says I'll let him believe that again we're talking like they're like she's trying to treat him with kit gloves uh, but this is the guy who met Q and lived an entire another life and was locutus and like they're they're taking really tender care of this guy who I can't imagine anyone tougher. Mm. Uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, so she gets blown the fuck up. So a small mechanical thing, sm- and this is goes to the tone thing, and I don't know. It's a it's a bit of J.J. Abrams Star Trek. 
which is they made it's such a small change, but they changed phasers and disruptors from beams that emanate in straight lines to projectiles to laser bolts, more like Star Wars or mm. other sci-fi franchises that have inertia and move. And it's more kinetic. It's mm. way more telegenic. It's way more photogenic. It's way more impactful. But like you said, like the phasers don't have recoil yeah. because they're just emanating energy. And it's, it's small and like it's hokey effects, but it was one of the aspects of the Star Trek uh, aesthetic that sort of made it so that Star Trek isn't fantasy. Star Trek is science fiction. Yeah. So yeah, there are conflicts, there are guns, but light doesn't travel in a bolt. You know what I mean? Light travels at the speed of light in a ray, in a beam. Uh, so you know, that was just one sort of tenuous grasp, and I guess that's one thing with this entire endeavor with this franchise is that it feels way more like fantasy uh, than it does speculative fiction. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it can balance that tone, though. I think it's it's pretty good about about creating that balance, um, and also just you know, bolts of laser bolts uh, as you know, scientifically inaccurate as they are, they just kind of look better for no, I agree. action purposes. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, I don't think that scene would have worked nearly as well if she was just shining it like a laser pointer. Me like the old original. Um Yeah. Uh so she blows her the fuck up and then um I we don't know what happens to her. I guess we'll find out at a later date. No, she's she'll be back. She'll be back. She'll be back. She'll be back. She has she gave the Deus Ex Machina thing. And mm. said, you know, if you ever need me, just uh, the call chip. me on this. Mm-hmm. But before this scene, it was the her and Picard uh, discussion, and and that fucking line of like uh, whatever it was. <laughs> Do you ever feel like it's um, you know we we were both a part of the collective and. Um, do you feel you've regained asked, you know, your do you, humanity? Do you feel like you fully? Do you feel like you fully regained your humanity? Mm. And he says point blank, no. Yeah. And he says, but I uh, work on it every day. Spend ev- I work on it every day. And she says, you know, I also work on it every damn day. Yeah. And that made me cry. That was that was fucking great. That was f- worth the 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 whole episode. Like that was. And it's because yeah, we're we are we're fully acknowledging the fu- all the fucking shit. I'm I'm liking it. I'm liking the series. <laughs> so I I am enjoying it too, and I'm enjoying it because I don't know what's going on with this series. I, mean, I from week to week, it does something weirder with my expectations. Yeah. Whether it's you know butchering a guy in the opening <laughs> moments of the episode or we'll get to it at the very end yeah what happens or doing a weird like semi heist thing mm. uh trying to pull off a con on this space lady gangster yeah um it's doing crazy stuff and i appreciate that it's doing it so i i think all we have left because we talked about rafi at the the very end uh, all we have left is the maddox scene yep Mm-hmm. Yep. So Maddox is on the ship. He's uh, they're fixing him, but he's in incredible pain. Um, and Picard leaves. Yeah, Picard's there initially, uh, and they talk a bit, kind of about the deal, the situation, and Allison Pill is kind of eavesdropping. You can see it. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, where uh, he very refreshingly just speaks very directly about it and we kind of find out the reason why Dodge and Soji uh-huh, uh, were created and sent to the respective places there he is aware of the big conspiracy mm-hmm. uh, which I'm fully uh, it's the Romulans created the Borg well I, I, I yes, have an interesting so... thing I want to bring up mm-hmm. in this uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll get to that uh, where uh this this thing uh because obviously bruce maddox is the guy who made the race of enslaved data type mm-hmm. people and he even says me and sung succeeded yeah which i'm not sure he ever met dr sung but 
He used his he used his research. Yeah. I suppose they, they mentioned it in Measure of a Man. Uh, so obviously he's rather as much as anyone can be, as much as Picard, uh, disoriented and destroyed by the uh, events on Mars. You know he he is totally uh, output. You know exiled by this. Uh, so he wants to get to the bottom of it. So. You know, he continued his research. He makes Dodge and Soji and sends them to where he thinks uh, these problems are. And Soji was headed to the Daystrom Institute, where his old work was being done and being involved with Starfleet. And Soji is being sent to the Artifact, which uh, uh, Bruce Maddox introduces Picard and thus, uh, you know, points the arrow of the show toward the Artifact. And we see it in the preview for the next episode. That's where they go. Uh, so they find out where Soji is and they can go there now. Um, so he, he leaves and then Allison Pill comes up and of course they had a fling but she is unmoved by that because she knows what she's got to do and what she does is she kills Bruce Maddox so she kills him um, and it's because of what she's been shown which I'm assuming is that Soji is the destroyer um, and the Romulans know that um it could be that uh, Soji's the destroyer of the Borg, and th- or or she is the key to the Borg taking over all life in the galaxy, which the Romulans realized. Uh oh, oopsie daisy, we fucked up when we created these uh, Borg, mm-hmm. and they're gonna kill us all. Now, now, uh, Doctor Pill, I uh, said she she was obviously very emotional while she was doing it. And she was shown what, why she had to do it. So she is- I wish I didn't know what I knew. Yeah. So she is, we're assuming, working under her own free will with this unfortunate knowledge, right? Which I I talked about the tonal shift, but I, I thought this was a very effective scene. Is it, can it be possible that she is a synthetic and that, because it seems very weird that- it's very Lovecraftian to be shown something, some form of knowledge that makes you kill this man you love without, like, having to have, um, like, deep proof and exposition, which she may have had. She may have been in uh, a five-month boot camp under the Romulans. Or was she, um, uh, what's the word they use for Dodge? Activated. Activated in some way. You know what I mean? Could be. Uh, you know, if uh, if Maddox makes these two twin uh, girls to do his bidding, then what's to say he doesn't make himself a, a little boo, a little blonde boo? I mean, did and they ever inve- investigate her bona fides? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm kind of... And that might... That would explain some of her characterization stuff to me. So, I have a theory. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, I just want to point out that the hologram witnessed part of this. Yes. So I think she's going to be uncovered, at least in part by that. Uh, But that I have a theory that we've been assuming that, uh, uh, what is her name? O? The, the, uh... Commander O. Commander O. I think she's true blue Starfleet. Because they're... Yeah, yeah, because we, we get the information that uh it's a romulan i forget who says it it's a romulan plot but uh, the federation might be might be involved he says that and then i thought back to the sunglasses scene and as corny as as stupid as it is it got my mind uh rolling in this direction sunglasses in like 60s uh spy thriller thing uh sort of kind of denoted the american spies yeah. The CIA man, the company man. Yeah. And mm. I feel like she might kind of almost like X-Files or something. Instead of she being part of a f- outside conspiracy, maybe she's part of the inner conspiracy. Maybe she's a maybe she's a spook, maybe she's a company uh, lady. Mm-hmm. Uh well, we know she is. And I always kind of you know, I forgot it, but the first episode where we meet the sister of uh uh <laughs> Tyron uh <laughs> Uh, Baltar. Gaius Lannister. Uh, Gaius Lannister. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always kind of had it in my head that she's a double agent. Yeah. That she might be flipped. 
Um, anyway. Uh, hey, right? That's that's the end of the episode, man. Bruce Maddox dies, and we go to credits. Yeah, he fucking eats it. Um, I thought. Yeah, man. I thought. Yeah. That w- do we want to get to our final thoughts? I th- yeah, I think it's about time. All right, Justin. Um, I, I've I've said all I've I've. This episode was goofy and dumb, <laughs> and stupid. <laughs> um, in a very fun way. However, I wish I wish there were more um, beats to the stuff uh, on the gangster planet. I wish I wish there mm-hmm. there was more to that. But this is the first episode uh, that it was there was a self-contained story. We, we start it with a seven of nine at the beginning. We get all the exposition we need. We get a conclusion to that. We're introduced to a villain. Um, it didn't feel next generation. It did feel Deep Space Nine. Um, yeah. And I've, I've so much appreciated that about the episode. I think uh, some of it was... It wasn't clunky. I think this was a the first... Um, I thought this was an okay episode... But that being said, it's been the only episode so far that felt like a self-contained episode. I could put this on and just watch it. I'll give it a, a B minus. I thought it was fun and stupid, and yeah. Uh, I agree. This was uh, I loved it. Uh, this was the first one uh, that was like a regular, regular episode. It was uh, not establishing anything. Uh, and we saw the character the character introductions are always kind of clunky but now we're just seeing them playing in the sandbox and they're all just doing their thing and it's uh it's working the dynamics are starting to develop and establish and uh, i will say the show kind of hurdles forward it just kind of you know just yeah. kind of barricades forward i i Bur- wish they used the streaming platform to a better advantage because these seem to be a like 45 minutes they're cut and they have definite cuts I, I wish like i wish this episode went on for an hour and took a little more time you know what i mean uh it took a little more time with the because i like all of the non seven stuff in this the last scene i thought was one of the best scenes in terms of giving exposition and hurdling the plot forward that we've seen so far um but i yeah i wish they spent some more time and yeah a, a plus. Also, I just want to point a out plus? that no, well, a, a, a. okay, <laughs> uh, that they brought they didn't bring the dog with them, and that yeah, why did they make such a fuss about the dog? If Tom, he was in Tom, one episode, Tom at like four in the morning, like half a week ago, texted us in tears that they forgot <laughs> that about there the was dog. no fucking dog. <laughs> But then again, we would have to deal with scenes where like, haha, I have you now, Picard. And then the dog jumps out and like bites the phaser. Oh, yeah. Or bites the dude in the balls like in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> yes. uh-huh. uh, I think this is a weird episode. It's got a lot of crazy tonal shifts, but it does some stupid fun things. And it, it did things that I was not expecting. Uh, and the moment with Seven of Nine and Picard uh, at the end mm-hmm. was fucking awesome yeah. uh i'm gonna i'm gonna go with a minus magnifique <laughs> so fucking goofy oh uh, justin <laughs> would you like to give us the social details oh baby um oh there's been no singing on this show so far you can follow oh, us no. on oh, instagram God, and twitter Jesus Christ. gmail we're at plaid lads pod if you have questions concerns or any other things like that i quit do all the things send it to us Oh. Comments, concerns, criticisms, or witticisms. Witticisms. Shitticisms, more like. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. All right. Bye, Judy. <laughs> bye, bye, Juju. Woody. Bye, bye. <laughs> uh, and as we say on this show every week, ha ha!